Welcome to Over the Bar, a podcast about U.S. soccer. You could not write a script like this. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? DK! Weston McKinney puts the U.S. back on level terms. We're your hosts, Sumer Shamla, Noah Barnes, Nick Mansky. Boys, get your beers. Over the bar. Over the bar. Over the bar. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Over the Bar podcast. I don't know if you guys noticed, we got a new intro. We got a new intro. We don't have to do the whole intro on the, uh, on live stream now. So, boys, what are we thinking about the intro? How are we doing today, lads? It's a brand get new intro. Okay, it's a what brand intro. new era of Over what the Bar, new. it feels like, bro. Feel, feeling different in the air a little bit. Feel, feel a little something special. Oh, some coming. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's intro. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's intro. I think it's good. Oh my! He says with zero enthusiasm whatsoever. What is what? What kind of comment is that? We do hard work here to create an <laughs> intro, and your reaction to the intro is. I I like the intro. It's Rick really- Mansky. I know you love the intro. Yo, shout out to the new over the bar intro, Cam Barnes. You're a legend. My brother actually putting that together, but. Welcome back, everybody, to the Over the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Noah Barnes. Got Sumer Shalmal with me, as well as Nick Mansky. We got the whole Over the Bar crew together for a second week in a row. Is it now, boys? This is getting too weird. I don't like it. This is a good streak we got. It is. It is. Good streak. So we got a lot to talk about today. Well, not a lot, but some, some decent amount of stuff. We're going to focus mostly on some MLS centered things today and then get into a little bit of European preseason but boys before we get into the MLS stuff um any other general news that you've seen so far that you want to touch on just to just to comment on that everybody should know yeah there's been a lot of talk about Chris Richards lately this past weekend see if that comes to fruition um was hoping for a move potentially so if he wasn't going to be in favor of Bayern so that's pretty interesting news as of, as of late, I'd say. Uh, hopefully it happens. Crystal Palace would be a nice landing spot for him with Vieira and just the, the nature of how Palace is. And again, also just we're just flooding the Premier League with Americans, which is beautiful. Do we um do we have any update on, on Zach Steffen as well? Or confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. yeah, I saw that earlier. I, I know it's from a few days ago, but I just want to kind of confirm that. Good. Confirmed to Middlesbrough, correct, boys? Yes. I like it. I like it. We've switched roles officially now between him and Matt Turner. That'll be a conversation to have, you know, maybe maybe as the World Cup draws closer because we've been having this whole conversation about what would you rather, a goalkeeper starting in a lower league versus on the bench in a higher league. And the tables have turned. The turns have tabled in this situation. It'll be interesting to see later on who everybody's starting keeper is once the season starts. But could be an interesting conversation for down the road. Any other bits of news you guys got? Um, what happened since also Malik Tillman, um, what's his name? Malik Tillman uh, going to Rangers. Obviously, that's I mentioned that last pod, but uh, confirmed now that he's he's over there in Scotland with Rangers. So that'll be cool to see him versus CCV action. I don't know what do they call that match again between the between the two. It's the old firm, the old firm derby. Uh, yeah, a little culture mess up me there, but yeah. Um, 
Molly Tillman, nice move. Hopefully some good minutes here uh, with them. It's still going to be a tough push for him. I still think it's a little bit tough. Uh, he's really got to hit the stride running and form and minutes and everything's got to go his way type of thing to really get a good shot at making this team come Qatar. Um, Cause if it takes a little while, I could really hurt him, but interesting move here for, you know, we saw what Tim way was able to do. We see what Cameron Carter Vickers is able to do. There's some Americans having some success in this league. So see what Molly can do. And I think we've noticed too, that there, there have been some recent, I don't want to say high profile transfers from the Scottish Premiership, but decent enough, decent enough profile transfers as of late in this transfer window, not necessarily with Americans, to show that, you know, look, it's a good jumping off point for a lot of, of young players that they're struggling to find time at a big club. Going out there on loan could be a really good opportunity to get some playing time. So hopefully this works out for Malik. I, I really think it could be a good move on loan for him. He wasn't going to be part of Byron's first team plans this season. So Honestly, I, I'm really happy with it. But let's jump into the main part about it. MLS, we are approaching just about the halfway point, right? A little under the halfway yeah, we're point. About, we're about, what, 20-something games into like a 30-something game season? Yeah, we're about well, a little bit, almost a little bit past half. So just, just past halfway. Think about that time to kind of give a review, not just not of the MLS in general. I mean, I know there is a lot to talk about the MLS in general. We could have multiple podcasts about uh, about the MLS as a topic. Uh, Nick, I know you could talk about that for for days, but does it make sense to just kind of talk about some of the U.S. based players, both young and old, and favored and out of favored, who are who are maybe performing or underperforming? And the MLS this season, because I know we have quite a few domestic players in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think a lot of guys are playing right now. A lot of guys, right? Nick, you've been keep you've been watching. I've been I've been watching. It was a it was a big weekend, I, I think, for MLS. It was the end of rivalry week. Um, because I know that extended into this weekend as well from last weekend. And I I know it's not US soccer, but I will kind of quickly be it was Gareth Bale's like LAFC's debut, which is I'm going to tie it into U.S. soccer where it's really good for the sport in this country. Um, and is, um, I think I wasn't able to catch the game, but because uh, I was actually playing myself. But um, I, I see I saw the, the first few touches he had, which were phenomenal, as you should. So um, and he was going against one of our guys, Walker Zimmerman. So it was, it was cool. It was it was it was a big weekend for 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 MLS and big some big dart or MLS derbies. And, and so. Um, and some big week, big stuff for some of the U.S. guys. So um, I'm excited to kind of jump into it. So yeah, I was going to say, speaking of Gareth Bale, um, his teammate right there, Acosta, Kellen Acosta. I don't think we talk about there is an opportunity here for Kellen Acosta to do some real scouting, you know, um, on a high level. If he can really infiltrate the Gareth Bale brain, and maybe what Wales is you know, looking to do or something. I don't know. There's just enough. Lately, Christian Pulisic talked about how Kellen Acosta is one of the guys who makes him laugh the most. If he can get on Bale's good side and then use that to his advantage, potentially to inquire, acquire information, we could be golden. And that's enough for me to be on the World Cup squad. Um, But Acosta is also playing pretty decently too. I agree. Gareth Bale seems to turn into Superman every time he puts on a whale shirt. So um, let's let's do some. Yeah, Kellen Costa. You you send him a little little DM, a little texty text, and tell him be like, hey, let's get the inside like inside a scoop. Like, what can he do? What can he do? 
and we'll uh, get a W um, in November against uh, um, Wales. So that's why, like, maybe, maybe, maybe what we need Kellen to do is not to gather intel on Gareth Bale, but just like right before the World Cup, just you know, maybe put in a nice, nice real cruncher of a tackle in training. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, it went in wrong. And maybe took Gareth Bale out for a couple of weeks. Oh, oops. That's too right. hard. That 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 blatantly shows, you know, some 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 corruptness on there. Because if 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 we're asking Kelly to do that, you know, we're we're talking about playoff runs, own player on own player in training injures him. Oh, LAFC might kill Kellen Acosta before he gets the chance to to even get on the plane in Qatar. Well, he's getting on the plane in Qatar. Greg Berhalter is going to take him on that plane dead or alive at that rate. So, and honestly, at this point, who am I to say that Kellen Acosta doesn't deserve a spot at the moment? I mean, he's played, hasn't played poorly for LAFC this season. Um, I don't know the exact stats up, but he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on while we're, you know, while we're having this, this midseason MLS conversation. He's one of Greg's guys. He's shown that. And look, Kellen Acosta, I think, is an MLS guy. He's going to perform in MLS where he has time and space. Because those are the real deficiencies in Kellen Acosta's game, right? When, when, you know, time and space gets compressed, how much can he really do on the ball and how much can he really pick a pass? And that doesn't really happen for him in MLS. So I think he's been a very good facilitator for LAFC this season when he's played. Um, hasn't necessarily popped up with the goals or the assists, but I think he's playing a little bit more from deep. Look, if you're a starter or a regular contributor for this LAFC side right now, I, I have to give you props as to being, being a pretty quality player. LAFC is at this moment looking like one of the best teams in MLS right now, if not the best team in MLS. So got to give credit to Kellen where it's due. Uh, boys, thoughts on, on Kellen? Oh, yeah. I just want to second that in terms of uh, – no, I'm, I'm happy with his production. His numbers are actually I, – I just pulled them up. They're very, I mean, I know we're not finished with this uh, kind of season yet, uh, this season yet, but are very similar to the uh, kind of uh, the last few years he had with Colorado. So right now he has a goal and two assists and he finished the year at Colorado with a goal and assist and pretty much is only not, he hasn't been above three goals <laughs> with Colorado and, and the assist numbers are kind of in the single digits, but. Again, he's in the side. He's a facilitator, kind of what you touched on. Um, and, and he's in, a, yeah, like you said, he's in a very good LAFC side. So it's, and he's one of our, and he's doing well. So, yeah. yeah I'm happy with Kellen. LA, like you guys said, LAFC's flying right now. Um, he's definitely a contributor to that. You know, definitely helps the spine of that team with the amount of attack that they have. Um, Going to be cool to now see him with Chiellini some more and Bale and everybody. So, um for sure. I see Kellen probably, you know, if, if Grace sticking with what he's done and he's pulling up backup six, you know, that he wants maybe a little bit like for like, it's going to be Kellen. Um, I don't really see there being a chance that he's not. Hopefully LAFC goes you know, decently far in the West and Kellen's able to stay, uh, which we like to see because then there'll be more players like that who will be going further into October and maybe even to the edge of November um, before they stop playing type of thing. Uh, so that's good, good for Kellen. It is definitely good. I mean, it's good to see any, any U.S. person performing well in the MLS, but especially it seems like we expect a lot of these, the, the so-called Greg favorites, right, to perform well in MLS. So it's worth pointing out still when they are, obviously, because good performances are good performances. But I think one of the things to, at least for my book, to note on too is, okay, what is a bad performance? If you're consistently not performing in MLS, does that say more or less than performing in MLS? It's an interesting question to ask. And, and so 
kind of on that note, anybody, any of those Greg favorites have for you guys really not stuck out this season at all? Not necessarily performed poorly, but but maybe not lived up to what you'd expect them to be doing in this caliber of a league. Or is there not anybody like that? You can you can 100% start with probably Seattle, maybe. Um, and that, maybe that might just be the team, but like you're obviously going to point to the um, Greg recent call-ups on that team, which is Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan. Uh, that, that team is clearly struggling. struggling um, lost against I believe Nashville in the week or tied. Did they tie them one? I think they tied one again. Tied them uh, and then lost this weekend as well. So they're they're not doing too hot after winning CONCACAF Champions League. I'm not going to stress too much about it, but like these players that he wants to call up are clearly not performing at the levels that they they can be. Um, And we were worried about this with Jordan with the U.S. We were saying he might not be back what he exactly is just yet. Like, yes, he got that goal against um, El Salvador, which was beautiful, but those two guys are a little bit like uh, worrisome in my eyes. I still see Christian probably going there because of Greg, Greg's fandom for him, but just pointing out that team's performances and, and theirs on that team have not been uh, amazing this year. So I have a question for you guys, because I, I was doing some thinking now. What are your guys' thoughts on DeAndre Yedlin this year with Inter-Miami? Uh, he has two assists. He was just picked for the um, – MLS all-star game and I was talking to somebody and honestly we both kind of agreed it was the MLS I mean we know MLS all-star game can be kind of a popularity contest contest so what are your guys thoughts on on, on DeAndre Yedlin and, and his performance this year sorry I was struggling to unmute there for a second no um I, honestly DeAndre Yedlin is is one of the guys that was kind of in my mind when I brought up that question to you guys about like <laughs> Great mindset, underperforming like, well yeah. no because i think that look it is a, it is a genuine question about what does it mean to perform in mls and what does it mean to underperform in mls and sumer you're kind of alluding to that too right with guys like jordan morris right jordan morris especially has been underperforming in the mls and and i would say deandre yedlin yeah hasn't been particularly great with inter miami this season yes he's playing on a pretty downtrodden team which doesn't help him a lot, uh, especially going forward. It seems that they, they really struggle. And so if he's being asked to kind of create from width and doesn't really have a target man to whip it into, I think that's been a little bit of an issue for him. But look, he he's, he's hasn't put in even average performances for them this season. Honestly, I think his best performance of the season was, was this past weekend against Charlotte. Uh, Footmob has him at a 7.7, but... Even the eye test told me there that I think that was one of his best forms of the season. He's, he seems like he's aging. And at, and at this rate, it is a little bit of a worry going into Qatar for me about a guy like DeAndre Yedlin. Well, well said. I agree. Um, Sumer, I know you have some thoughts. Yeah, I was just going to say Yedlin's an interesting case. Um, I feel like he's had his ups and downs this season with Miami. And like you said, this weekend definitely was was, was looking sharp. You know, he's a player who who, you know, again – I feel as if Greg will probably call him up as the second or third. Um, and I'd be happy with him as the second, even if the performances kind of stay where they're at. Um, in my opinion, I am pretty high on DeAndre's ability to um, one with the U S men's national team on a non like off the pitch a little bit. Like I'm very high on that for him. Uh, and two, just like, I think that he has skill sets that are very unique that we could use, you know, his speed and pace and, and uh, ability like that. Like it might not be starting quality, but like that could be something useful in specific moments. Um, so I still am high on him for that. 
one of my one of my big worries when it comes to DeAndre Yedlin, I think, is his ability on the ball. I think has has rapidly declined since really since he left Newcastle. It was never that good to begin with, right? He was always kind of an athleticism an athleticism merchant, so to speak, right? His his strengths were always his pace, his strength, and and his ability to recover defensively. But he worries worries me a little bit on the ball. Um, even in MLS, especially in MLS, where you're given that time and space, on the wings especially, it is slightly concerning to see how often he gets dispossessed during games and how often he really doesn't really find a pass when he needs to. I don't know. What do you guys think? I actually think Sumer said it best. I think Sumer said he's a guy that – and I'd correct me if I'm wrong to understand this. He's a guy that will come off the bench. Uh, I – I agree with both of you guys. I think, I think he is, since he jumped onto the stage, he's always been more of an athlete than a soccer player. And in the 65th minute, 75th minute, if we're down and we just need some offense or just some speed, right. And I don't even want to say offense, you throw him in there. I don't know if he's getting the start against a really technical high pressing side, but I think you throw him in there when the games opens up and we have, we have a little bit more possession um, and we just need some speed. We need some athleticism. So I, Sumer, correct me if I'm wrong and, and kind of how I interpreted what you were talking about, but that's kind of my impression of, of DeAndre kind of where we, where he's at um, um, with our U S team. I mean, yeah, you, you, you said it very well as well. Um, I mean, also, it's you have to look at your other options. So then you're looking at Cannon and then maybe even Scally. Um, and so it depends how Scally starts this this fall again. If he starts strong again, you know, then there may be a conversation. But I still think that Greg values his uh, specific skill traits, uh, skills and traits, as well as his leadership in the, in the locker room for sure. But strictly performances in MLS this year, because that's what we're talking about. They haven't been amazing as someone coming back to this league and looking to dominate. Um, they haven't been domination level performances. Still happy to see the all-star game though. For sure, for sure. I've got another one of those. The other guy, because when I raised that question, you there was there was a couple guys in my mind. DeAndre Lynn being one of them. And Nick, you're gonna hate me. The other guy being one of them for for guys who honestly hasn't had the strongest season, given the level that he's previously established in MLS, Walker Zimmerman. I actually agree with you, Noah. I don't think he has been as – no, I agree. I don't think he has been as dominant um, in the back this and, and this season than last, last season. I thought, oh, like, put get this guy out of this – I get out of this league. He is – he is. I thought he was just so dominant in the air, so calm, cool, collected on the ball, especially in the playoffs last year um, for MLS. But I actually agree with you. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Um, I just, I, I think he's been beat, um, a little bit too, in my opinion, and I don't have specific examples, but he's been beat off the ball a, a few times. And I'm just like, mm, a little concerning. And I've actually seen him been beat in the air, um, by players that are maybe not even, we are expecting to see in the world cup. Um, and that's a little bit concerning for me for Walker, because what he's slated to be one of our starting center backs. Um, so I agree with you. No, I, I don't hate you with that statement. I don't, oh, I agree. So it's a little concerning and I don't have specific like stats or kind of instances where he's been beat, but 
Uh, I know he was beat by uh, Mikel Urak with the Philadelphia Union back in May. Uh, that's just one example, and that's my. So it's a little concerning. Mikel Urak is is not headed to the World Cup this year, so um, a little concerning. So, I mean, Mikel Urak is not going to the World Cup because he's you know playing for a different nation and yeah, I know. other factors and stuff like that. <laughs> I but know. You're, but you're right. Yes, Walker. Uh, I mean, I feel like a lot since just this spring has, yeah, hasn't been on the same. He's um, just Nashville as a whole. They, they haven't been what exactly they wanted to be this season, but Walker has had some errors. I obviously pointed the Mikel Uo one, like you said, against uh, at the union. There was one about two weeks ago where he completely, the ball is going down the right side and completely doesn't mark the, the runner coming right behind his back into the six yard box. who just taps it a goal. And this is simple defending. This is, this is simple. Like, Ball's out wide. This guy's clearly going to cross it in. You know, be aware of who's in the box. Don't just let this guy run right by and you deficit. Um, and then this weekend against LAFC, just some of the goals were not necessarily his fault, but just chaotic um, and thought he could have been in better positions for some of them. Um, yeah, it's just not been his best. I was so high on him. You know, I still am high on him with his U.S. men's national team performances. They have been strong. They were strong. Whether I wanted to see him start or would have preferred someone else, that doesn't matter. His performances, you know, he was one of the guys who I was like, okay, fine, you know, let's see, you know, that ball to Christian Pulisic in the friendly type of thing. So, again, not too much. This doesn't, for me, it's not going to impact anything in Qatar for him, but I just, you just want to see someone playing a little bit better uh, and not having as many errors. Defenders get scored on, but just not so many. Right. No, and I, I think, I think Nick said it best where like it's not going to take him out of the picture, but it's concerning, right? It, it's concerning to see how often not often but but with increased regularity walker seems to get beat on the dribble yeah that's a little bit concerning i mean we always knew that his defending in isolation was not a strength uh you know walker's not particularly the most athletic guy so his defending in isolation wasn't was never that great but but even when the ball gets like shepherded into the middle it seems that often he's too quick to dive in sometimes and it seems like there's just a little bit of either whether it's confidence or whether it's just match sharpness. I, I don't know what it is with Walker, but it does seem like there are elements to his game that you're right, Nick, are, are slightly concerning. Yeah. And, and one thing I, I'm going to point out, and I'm going to, I don't know, do I dare say, so Nashville last year was in the Eastern conference. Do I dare say that the Western conference in the MLS is stronger? And is that why he's struggling? That's uh, up to, and that's an, it's an argument that you. I mean, yes, we talked to talk to uh, LAFC might be the best team in the league, um, but do we? Is that even a fair argument for Walker Zimmerman? It's it's kind of one one for why he's struggling. It's one to kind of think about: is the Western Conference a harder, more competitive teams out there? Teams are playing a little bit differently. Just something to think about. I don't think that's an excuse. I don't think that this is that much harder. Nashville, Nashville probably next year is probably going to come back to the Eastern Conference. Well, yes, but. <laughs> but I mean, I think the point, the point even regardless of that too, is that like the competition at the World Cup is going to be harder. You know what I mean? Than the Western Conference, right? It, it's, it, even if it is that, I, and there may be something to that. Do I hesitate to use that as an excuse? Yeah. Because I mean, there's there's no there's really for me no way to look at Walker Zimmerman's recent performances, and and let's let's not be 
so over the top here. They haven't been tragic. We're, we're mostly talking about isolated incidences that are, are concerning from the reigning MLS Defender of the Year. Agreed. Great way of saying it, yeah. And that's, that's the slightly concerning part. But we'll move on to any, any other favorites that you guys want to touch on, positive or negative. I mean, I've got a couple, but I'll, I'll let you guys kind of take the reins here for guys you may want to mention. I got one. Jesus Ferreira. Um, and I know we probably can talk forever about this guy. Um, but I'll, I'll open up to you guys on Jesus Ferreira before I kind of say my piece. Oh, you're just going to say him and then, and then, and then leave it for us to, to, to defend this. To that's how this game this. works. Come on, Sumer. We just say names around here. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Jesus Ferreira caught me off guard. I'm not kidding. No, Jesus had, Jesus was, was strong, right? You know, in the beginning, I felt like really strong, starting really strong. Um, FC Dallas was flying and hit a little bit of a, of a stump, uh, in my opinion, in just a little bit. Uh, and he hasn't, the last two games, I just felt like weren't his best. He had a nice assist to Paul Ariola this weekend, who's Paul Ariola is a person to mention as well, who has, you know, much comparable to someone in his position, like Jordan Morris has outperformed him. Uh, but speaking about Jesus, started really strong, feeling like there's a small little dip there, but all-star level performance. He deserves the all-stars. Uh, he's been phenomenal this season, top of the golden boot race. Um, just might this might just be a small small portion of the season that it seems to uh, unwaver a little bit. This is the hard part of the season, you know. You're, you're 18 games in. You just had three week game span. Um, you know, it's like talking about the Premier League in December. It's brutal sometimes. Um, so not too down on him, and I don't think anything's going to change. But you know, last week or something's been a little bit of a not the same level of performance as we see. Yeah, I I agree, Sumer. Um, for his stats for this year, he has 11 goals five assists, very good stats. Um, I'm critical of him because I, I think, yeah, like you just said, he had a fantastic start to the year. And even just watching him, just not even the goal scoring, he's the like the most dominant player, one of the most dominant players out there. Um, there's two instances in the past two, two weeks. They played New York City FC and um, Austin. And I think I'm only critical because he's our striker. He's a striker. And I just want, sometimes I just want to see a striker shoot. There's two instances. One, um, he was gifted a ball pretty much right in front of Sean Johnson for New York gifted. And he, instead of shooting kind of right, right. And, and I mean, mind you, Sean Johnson had the near, a close, uh, near post covered. I just want to see him rip a shot. He, he decided to pass. And I was a little disappointed just not to see a shot. And then a very similar situation happened. I think it was a, a breakaway through ball. I can't remember exactly um, against Austin where he chose to pass instead of just kind of rip a shot. And mind you, I don't have, know the top, Austin goalie off the top of my head, but Austin goalie was um, near post covering. So it was, again, it was, it was maybe the right decision. And I just, I want to see is maybe a, a snap of confidence. Just take that shot, take that shot. You miss, you miss. I'd rather you have a shot on target than no shots on target because I'm pretty sure both instances, I, I can't say that for sure. I don't remember, but I at least one of them didn't have a shot on target um, between the two two potential goals. So and the passes. So that's just my piece on on Jesus Ferreira. And and but again, having a very good year. He's an all-star this year. And his stats kind of back it up. Just it's a lull part in his uh, kind of season. So it's a good point. It's it's a really good point. Um and look, yeah. Like you guys both said it. I'll, I'll say it for a third time. Jesus has had a phenomenal season. There's, there's no two ways around it. It's showed in, and it's been rewarded with, with you know, what appears to be at the moment, 
potentially the, the starting number nine job for the US. But I share some of those concerns, Nick, only because look that those performances haven't transitioned, they haven't translated to a US perspective. The performances in MLS have not come to fruition at all. Four goals, four goals against Grenada being the exception here, but like whatever. Uh, I wonder if part of that and, and part of our similar concerns, Nick, are that come down to the fact that maybe Jesus Ferrer is not really a striker. Maybe he's not a guy who's going to be that goal savvy. Not, not necessarily goal savvy, but going to be the guy who looks to shoot first, looks to put balls in the back of the net first. And yeah, the stats back it up. He's got 11 goals in the season, but he had nine, I think, at the All-Star break. It, it has definitely quieted down over the last couple of weeks. But I don't know. I'd, I'd like to potentially ask that to you guys then because Jesus Ferrer is so young and because there's so much potential there is that potentially a reason that that we haven't seen his MLS dominance transition over to the U.S. dominance well the question is is because he's so young or no no because potentially he's not a striker I mean I don't see Jesus Ferrer as a striker personally I don't think that's his natural position I don't think it's his best position as a sole striker as a sole striker Mm. I think he's a great finisher. I think I think in a two striker setup, you know, could could work well um, with being with his ability. Because obviously, one of his strong suits, obviously, one is I do think he's a uh, intuitive finisher at times. You know, can can finish interesting goals and just somehow finds a way to get the ball in the back of the net. But obviously, secondly, but I wouldn't consider him a coaching. Secondly, he is obviously very good at you know holding up the play and getting himself involved in the play and dropping in and receiving the ball. Uh, which makes people think, you know, center attacking mid, center forward type vibes. Um, maybe, maybe that's part of the reason why his transition to the U.S. men's national team, where he's, um, you know, the lone striker on this team at, at times, makes it difficult. I could, I could really see that. What does does Dallas play with the two up top? And no, they also usually play with the one. So well, like, that's the that's the weird part about that question. That Dallas actually plays basically the same system as the U.S. They just have more time to work on it week in week out than obviously the U.S. does. Yeah, gets to work with that in fall. But um, I think Jesus can play the striker role. I just think that you know, I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm high on him in, in terms of his MLS this fall, season this far, and you know, the excuse of the system shouldn't be too much of too much of an excuse because. Of, that'd be the excuse for every single player in the entire world when they go to the national team and don't perform well. Um, so he seems to be a guy who can get the ball in the back of the net, clearly, you know, as of late. And I'm going to keep sticking with the hot hand strike position. And that would be my, if the World Cup was tomorrow, he, I, he would be my start. Based on his MLS. As critical as I was, I do agree with you, Samir. I like it. I like it. I'm not really sure where I stand on that yet, boys. I'm not, not fully ready to toss in that, toss my hat. In I'm saying game. if it's tomorrow, like if it's tomorrow, the game's tomorrow, we play Wales tomorrow. And I am and I still don't know if I'm, I'm fully ready to toss my hat. That's, that fine, that's fine. That's fine. I think that's, I mean, look, the smart. For Jossie Zardes, I mean, Jossie Zardes got, got a goal this weekend too. Speaking of him, got a goal for Colorado. You know, since his moves made it have a few, few different things, you prefer him? Nah, give me Josie Alter. That's all I want. Give me Josie Altador. Got a little sub appearance this weekend for Philadelphia against Philadelphia. You know, oh, big beast yeah. of himself. No wonder the Revs lost. Oh, God. did he get on? Also, did he get on. I didn't catch that. He got. They on. also, yeah, he got on. They also didn't sub. They also didn't start Omar Gonzalez, which I also blame partially for their loss. You know, that would that's been a huge piece. That's, no, that's, that's fine. That's here. fine. No, nope, I don't need Cuba flashbacks every time I watch them. Thank you. Ah, um. <laughs> hey man, 
So that's, I'm trying to think of other, we covered pretty much Paul Ariola and, and Jesus Ferrer in that. I think Paul Ariola. The only guy I was going to say was Aaron Long. Yeah. I was going to, that was where, where my segue is going to be into. Uh, look, Aaron Long for me, I got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, Aaron Long, I, dude, Aaron no, Long I, had a pretty I, good season. Agree, man. It does You're pain me a little wrong. bit. <laughs> You're it pains right. me a little bit, not because I don't like Aaron Long. I think Aaron Long's a phenomenal guy, and, and look, he's a great MLS center back. I just, I do have concerns as to whether or not his game is going to transition onto the U.S. stage. Look, is he a better center back than Walker Zimmerman? Has he proved since he's been back that he's a better center back than Walker Zimmerman? For me, no. And I have concerns about Walker Zimmerman at the U.S. level. So therefore, those concerns just get amplified with Aaron Long. But look, He's had a decent season so far with the Red Bulls. I, he's been solid at the back. That whole team has been solid at the back. Basically, they just have been lacking a, a striker or really any performance up top. Where Suarez and, should go. Hmm? That's where Suarez should go. Louis? Luis Suarez? Yeah. I don't yeah. think Luis Suarez is going to want to play in the rain in New Jersey. But Yeah, but you're looking for a playoff team that needs a striker? I don't know, man. That's, that's who I thought of. Sorry, you know who I think off, of there? Yeah. I think of Matthew Hoppy. Agreed. Matthew Hoppy in New York. What about what? What you you prefer Nicholas Giochini Giochini in Orlando or in New York? And we're also talking strikers moving to the MLS. Yeah, I see some rumors about him too. I like it. I would make. I would take it. I'm actually more surprised that Kansas City didn't go in for Nico Giochini. He's from Kansas City. Kansas City need a striker desperately more than anything. City is in the mud. They, they are. They are. Let's go back to Aaron Long, though, boys. I'm assuming you're going to echo my sentiments, but but anything particular to add about Aaron Long this season? I I mean, no, not I, I I'm echoing. I think he's been solid um, for that New York team. But yeah, no, my I I, I hate to be echoing, but yeah, you said it right. I, I want to. I, I hope it. I'm worried that it won't translate. Uh, but I think he's been very solid this year. Great leader and. Uh, I know he has a few goals too, which is awesome. So for the Red Bulls, was it three goals? Three goals. Wow. So good for him. Um, yeah. I still don't know where, where like he falls in my order of center backs, you know, it's just for, for world for the world cup. Like I still think Chris Richards has to be there. I still think that Walker has to be there. Um, I obviously think John Brooks should be there, but if he, he's obviously exercised and doesn't have a club at the moment, um, you know, he could, he's, he will probably be there. CCB might be there, you know, will probably be there, but like, I, I see there being a big chance that Aaron Long is there in Qatar. And I am not with the performances seeing this year for, for, for New York. Uh, they have been strong. I wouldn't be terribly pissed if the World Cup started tomorrow. if like he was in the squad, let alone maybe needed to play one of the games. The only thing, the biggest thing that worries me about Aaron Long, I think anyway, is is in terms of the skill set to like some of those guys that you just off that you just talked about, right? What we've been what we've been shown for the guys that that Greg Berhalter likes, Walker Zimmerman, uh, probably Cameron Carter Vickers at this rate, maybe Aaron Long, with the exception everybody basically with the exception of Chris Richards at the moment, all have the similar skill set in terms of defensively pretty solid, not great in transition, not great in isolated defending. And not great with when not great with the ball at their feet. Again, with the exception of Chris Richards. I think Chris Richards is the prototypical modern center back at this rate. But and that's I think what worries me potentially about an Aaron Long getting on the plane to, to Qatar 
over maybe an Eric Palmer Brown or a John Brooks or something, right? Like, like, dude, does he bring something that those guys don't bring? And the skills that Aaron Long does have and has shown this year in MLS, are they better than some of those other guys already listed? Aaron Long, for me, Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman are two very comparable players. And can you say that in terms of skill sets, and can you say that, like, does Aaron Long do anything particularly better than Walker Zimmerman? For me, not really. But I don't know. It's a fascinating question. I would, I would like to know what you guys think in terms of, like, skill sets the players bring. Skill sets, I mean, in my opinion, obviously, some may claim and think that Walker has a little bit more aerial prowess. Um, and I would hope so, hopefully. But comparing him to some of the players that I was obviously naming, I agree. Eric Palmer Brown and some of these players have different traits that could be valuable. Um, but I see the World Cup being a big sense of comfortability, if that's even a correct word to use, um, and feeling comfortable, especially with the recent performances of having a guy like that be in the squad and be in the team. Eric Palmer Brown might have more line-breaking passes and attacking prowess, but I don't see at this stage him, his ability to showcase it enough um, with our team. And that's, Greg, that, that's not just on his own fault. You know, sometimes these players don't get the opportunities to showcase their abilities, you know, and coming in very late to the, to the squads to begin with. But in just my opinion, I don't see how you can probably justify um, very much an, an EPB call-up if, if you are so high on Aaron Long. Like EPB to me hasn't done enough to just push Aaron Long's how comfortable he is with Greg out of the situation just yet. Same with, uh, same with CC. I think CCB would be there, so that's different for him. More like Eric Palmer Brown and Mark McKenzie, you know, those two guys, like, kind of thing. Mark's kind of gone, too. I know it, it, it really is, I think. It's how you value it, right? It, it's how you value that position. Do you value that, that comfortability with it? And, and I think that is a great way of putting it, right? That Aaron Long, while he may not bring, you know, the same dynamic skill sets, or even you know different skill sets. He brings that that level of leadership and that level of, of comfort that that maybe the U.S. team does need at the moment. So it seems like he wants that from the center back position, too, you know. So and if he's not going to call up John Brooks, I feel like it's going to be he's going to be there and he'll be right. able to take the part of that, that role. And am I softening to this potentially? Potentially, potentially, potentially. You guys may maybe hear those words me. come out your mouth. <laughs> I said maybe. I would still take John Brooks over Aaron Long in. A, a split heartbeat without a shadow of a doubt. That much won't change ever, Nick. Everyone's been good. There's no doubt. There's been, no way around uh, um, Any other favorites that we're missing, or do we want to go on to some of the young guns that have been fun? Well, real watch? quick, do we want to mention Georgie? As a Georgie, I, has he really played since we last talked about him? I don't think he's back. He's not back yet. They did. They did win this weekend, I believe, against. Yeah, they beat Toronto. Yeah, they scored. Didn't they score within like? It was an own goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super. I think it was pretty late on. Not back, so I just don't know what's gonna happen. Like we were all hyped for a move. Doesn't doesn't really look like it. Um. So. And at this rate, I don't see him getting into any Qatar plans. I mean, just it's it's similar to the Miles Robinson one in terms of like, look, it's a crappy injury at at a terrible time. He's going to be back, obviously, before the World Cup. But but is he as a guy who's already on the fringes? Is he going to be able to really make it back up? I don't know. I I maybe hope so. I mean, I think there's a lot that Georgia could offer. But look, with the emergence of of Luca Della Torre and potentially the emergence of Yunus Musa, 
this season, the further emergence of Yunus Musa this season. I, I just maybe I'm, I'm struggling to think where there's potential Malik. spot for him and Malik Tillman. But. Young guns, because there's a lot to talk about. There's it's been a fun season for for the youngsters of the United yeah. States of the MLS. But guns? I'll go to your I'll go to your turn to your Philly boys first, because there's been quite a few, uh, some more than others that have stuck out. You want to talk about last weekend in general, because I know you guys are just itching to bully me about that 2-1 win over my revs. Jack McGlynn, man. Jack McGlynn. That was a masterclass on Sunday, and he's been pretty, pretty good every time he's stepped on the field for Philly this season. Yes, I love Jack McGlynn. Jack McGlynn. Uh, Jack McGlynn looked great. Um, looked great against the Revolution. Every time he kind of steps on the field, was great for the U-20s. Um, he was playing in a, uh, with, he's playing alongside with Jose Martinez. And, and for people who don't know who Jose Martinez is, is Jose Martinez is a basher of a player. Um, great player, arguably could be one of the best number six in the league right now, but, um, he is a player that puts it all on the field. Um, and which, loves a tackle. Oh, and loves it. But the thing that I want to go back about that is, I love Jack McGlynn, and I think the part of Jack McGlynn, like McGlynn's game that will get better is the and and kind of as he gets older, he's still only nineteen or turning nineteen. One of these um, is the physicality and speed of play um, part of his game. But when I think when he plays uh, played alongside um, Jose Martinez, who is basically will do all the defensive work that Jack doesn't have to, um, made Jack stand out and and i think jack is best his best is when he's with the when he has the ball and and we saw that so very high on jack clint after this weekend i was super happy he got the scar after a fantastic performance at the u20s or with the u20s um so it, it was exciting the philly boys are excited i mean obviously this week as well um pax this weekend paxton started and then paxton also played a hefty amount in the midweek versus Miami still shows that twitchiness about him that, you know, that flair. I don't know if he's, you know, you can see him just drop the shoulder on some, on some falls to his feet and just turn defenders. I still think he will find hopefully um, just a little bit more continuous like form and minutes. I just think he needs the minutes. Like we gave, I just think it's a matter of time for these guys. So McGlynn's showing out right now. And yeah, it's interesting. The point also Philadelphia changed their formation this week, obviously, uh, playing with kind of like two deep line sixes with Jack. And so they played a two, three, one ahead of the defense versus a one, two, one, two, like that, like a kind of wide diamond. Um, so that kind of helped, like you said, it helped Jack McGlynn with having Jose there next to him um, and being, not, not having, not having to play just by himself in a six, um, which sometimes can be daunting for him, especially in MLS sometimes with, you know, just not being just there yet. So he balled out this weekend. The ball, the ball to Bedoya. I uh, thought he had some. He just controls the game so well. He's got a wicked left foot. He's not afraid to shoot it. Not afraid to ping it. Um, you know, if he just works on his ability to, you know, I mean, not that it's needed, but just like his physicality, growing into his body, using his body, you know, being able to draw fouls just because of how like he's not very quick, but like he's he lulls you to sleep and then moves, and I feel like that's that's a very nice trait of his. So yeah. The, the Philly boys are doing well. Paxton and McGlynn are doing well. Brandon Craig, I think, is just going to build more of a role with them uh, with Stuart Finley having just left. So excited to see what the Philly boys continue doing this season. Obviously nothing for 2022, but just 
here is the start, hopefully, of this young boy just stripped his gum, flying. 2026 Close. for sure, hopefully. And, I mean, I will say we almost saw a U.S. U-20 kind of connection against Miami um, on this past Wednesday. We had Quinn Sullivan run down the wing. Paxton, unfortunately, hit right over the bar, but it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I, I think Quinn's there too, bro. Quinn's balling too. They're, they're all going to get good time this fall. Sergio's gone. Santos is gone. Uh, Stuart Finley's gone, which is going to open the door for Brandon Craig. Man. Philly boys are going to keep flying. Topic of Philly boys. We, we all know the obvious ones. I got a name for you boys that I want to toss out here because if you boys being Philly boys, and, and this is a name that I hardly hear in U.S. circles anymore, but who's had a quietly, quietly good year. I, I'm not entirely sure if he's still technically eligible for the U.S., but I know he was at one point. Leon Flack. <laughs> Leon Flack has been very good for Philly this year. It feels like, anyway, every time I've watched them play. I'd Don't like to he's, he's only 21. He's 21. Yeah, he's 21. He's still a, can literally probably play in the 2024 Olympics. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a workhorse ever some of it. He's a baller. Um, he does not stop. He has the ability to make good runs and get on the end of balls. Um, is he, the, you know, the most creative player sometimes? No, but God, that man works. That, that man is the powerhouse, I feel, like sometimes the energy uh, sometimes to that midfield unit. Really interesting player because, like, for me saying he's not that creative and all that kind of stuff, like, he still manages to never look, like, out of place when he has the ball. Um, you know, like, he's able to, to just simply make the easy pass. He just doesn't do anything too flashy. You're never like, oh, Leon, like, what a – what a Meg there. You know, nothing's ever too flashy with him, but, but just a simple workhorse of a, of a center mid, and he's only 21. I, I don't know. You know, it, it's interesting to think about what's his ceiling, but, man, like, I'm very high on the off lock. Very high. Yeah, it's just, it's just a fascinating name that I, I never see brought up, and I know – He almost got called spent, up. He spent time in um, – oh, my God. Was it Utrecht? System no, in he Germany? was with uh, St. Pauli. St. Pauli, Pauli yeah. That's Pauli. right, and, Pauli. Um, then... and back to the MLS. But yeah, look, fascinating guy. It, it'll be interesting, like you said, to see where his ceiling goes. But uh, another young player that that I'll bring up, and then I'll let you guys bring up a couple more. Um, one that has really started the season well, went through a bit of a meh patch, but over the past couple games has has really stormed back onto the scene. Aiden Morris. Now, Aiden Morris was a story that I wasn't really too familiar with prior to the season starting. He's a 17-year-old, plays for the Columbus crew. But over these last, uh, I want to say, eight games, he has pretty much played 90 minutes in every game, subbed out in the last minute against Charlotte, but has, has put in consistent seven, seven and a half, eight ratings out of 10, and looks like a very facilitative center mid that, that maybe, maybe could have some action in 2026 or the Olympics in one of those dual pivot roles. Yeah, he might. He, here's his stats. He has an assist, and then he has six shots. Um, so very, very much can be pivotal. This Interesting player. He tore his ACL at the beginning of the 2021 season, uh, so obviously missed, like, all of last season after having, like, a decent um, – we had seen him a little bit in that season. I think we saw him a little bit, but never he's back. Uh, and now he's back. Now he's playing. Now he's starting. Uh, only 20 years old. So going to be interesting to see where Aiden Morris goes. I really like his, also his workhorse, his rate, his, his ball ability, with the, you know, pinging some balls. He's got some good sentiment, pinging ability. Um, he's someone to, to watch out for, you know, for the future. 
again, coming back from this 20 CO, um, interesting person to, think, to, to see. Anybody else you guys had in mind? I keep going, but I know you guys. I'll, I'll give it to you. I mean, I got someone else coming back from injury. You know, obviously, I love talking about this guy. Uh, you know, so happy to see him back playing well um, for Portland. Eric Williamson. Eric I still Williams. think I still think he's a really good player, um, a really progressive eight, good with his body. Uh, you, we've seen the last few weeks he's been getting, like, an assistant back-to-back games. Um, so seeing the end production from an eight like that, just been strong, you know. He's had a, an interesting career. He was, was with the U, was with the Gold Cup uh, squad last summer, <clears throat> and they won, um, but never then got that injury uh, that hurt him from getting some call ups in the spring. So, just like to see him continuously playing well back from his injury. Eric Williamson's another sentiment. When you said Aiden Morris, maybe think of another guy who came back from injury and is just playing well right now. Five assists in thirteen games for uh, Eric Williamson. So. That's pretty impressive stats, and it kind of does yeah. back up the eye test with Williamson, too. Look, we saw it in the Gold Cup. Williamson's a guy who, like, he's going to try stuff from the eight, right? He's going to try a little creative passes. He's going to try the tricks and flicks, and eventually, you know, if you have guys in your, in your side who are going to try stuff like that, eventually something's going to come off. And, and if you don't – if you have the risk to play the, the, the not-safe pass, I love it a lot of the time. And, and those are the numbers that pop up for Williamson. If you want to go even younger, um, what do you what do we think about uh, Caleb Wiley still playing well, still going strong? Dude, I was going to bring up two Atlanta boys. Caleb Wiley yeah, is going to be one two. of them. The other one's going to be George Campbell. Uh, I think George Campbell's been kind of a stalwart in that defense. Granted, the I don't defense know, kind of kind of caused the foul on Orlando Gould this weekend, but still, I think he's been strong. Yeah, I mean, he's still only twenty. Look, I I think he's just Miles Robinson, Mark two. And and I think he could grow into that mold even more. But Caleb Wiley, I think has grown so much, a weird amount. Like, I wasn't expecting Caleb Wiley's growth this, this past season, especially in the technical department. Um, I was with Caleb Wiley, had a couple great aspects of his game. He, he's, Caleb Wiley's rapid, by the way. Absolutely rapid. Um, and that was kind of one of his main strengths, but I, I, didn't know, I didn't know he was this technical, and it's kind of taken me by surprise this season. Very good in tight spaces, seems to have some final third product and just kind of growing into every game that he seems to play in right now. For sure. He's a he's a pace merchant at times. He's so fast though, so you don't why why you know, I'm not gonna be mad at that. It's ridiculously fast. Uh, but yeah, he loves a little scoop turn with his left foot when they think he's gonna cross it in. A little scoop uh, inside. No. He definitely has some technical ability to him, for sure. Um, definitely going to be a prospect. When you can combine, you know, your speed and athleticism with some technical ability like that, you know, it, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. And, you know, he's a 2004. What is he still? 17, 18? He's young as heck. 17. Doesn't turn 18 until December. Um, so what an interesting player he is. What a season he's having right now. It all started with that goal. Remember that goal of early in the season? When he like, bro, when I first saw that, I was like, this guy plays left back. Why is he so high up the field? Like, why is he making this darting run? But like, and you obviously see more and more. Um, very strong point. Very high prospect left back position. I mean, you look at some of the other left backs that we have. John Tolkien, you know, another player to mention. Obviously, not to shine away from Caleb, but another left back in the league playing well. But yeah, Caleb's involved for an Atlanta team that's struggled at times. That's that's the big part too. Is like anytime you can find those shining lights in those teams, and that's I think that's why I picked out George Campbell too. I mean, he has, for me, I mean, I know he's had some, some weak moments. He's 20 years old, but he has, for me, been very strong 
in a weak United Atlanta United defense. And I, I think part of the Atlanta United problem right now is the coaching situation. I don't think Greg Zanny's the man for the job. That that's potentially a podcast for a different day, a whole podcast for a different podcast, frankly. But um, look, yeah, he's, he's strong on the ball, strong in the air, strong in the tackle, just kind of strong. George George Campbell is kind of the the answer to the question of what if our best athletes played soccer, and I think maybe I don't know maybe in the future maybe it's be, be, me being optimistic it could open the pathway for kids like that saying like oh. I'm that's I'm just this naturally athletic. I'd go play soccer instead of go play football, go play basketball, things like that. And I, I, I love that, but not the someone taught Ty, if someone taught like Tyree Hill like at a young age. Can you imagine, soccer. bro? Oh my god! Yeah, like, I have my thoughts on all of that, but yeah, I'm just saying. Like, there's there's so many of these people across this country who are just freakishly athletic that play that their first sport goes to either basketball, football. Or even baseball, you know, even baseball players are sometimes pretty freaking athletic. Um, and U.S. and, and soccer is just starting to get that. Just like there's just other sports to compete with. It's you know, it's inevitable. Um, it helps, you know, it helps a lot of things as well. But yeah, one day to see some of these guys who step on the football field who are just freakishly athletic play soccer would be unreal. Because if you could combine more. that athleticism with technique, and I think soccer is a unique sport because it doesn't require that. Like it requires athleticism, obviously, right? But soccer doesn't value the biggest the fastest and the strongest a lot of times soccer values technique it values iq it values you know, some of these other things so that's why you know we develop i think players like diego luna are potentially going to change the way that that u.s soccer is viewed where it's not necessarily just the most athletic guys getting out there and, and the u.s isn't just focusing on developing you know the fastest hardest workers but instead of no let's develop these well five two kids with tattoos up and down their neck with weird blonde hair down to their eyebrows who just fall out. And like, that's what we're doing. I, I love it. Let's go in that direction. Let's develop a hundred thousand Diego Lunas. Speaking about Luna, obviously had his debut for Real Salt Lake. Was, what was that last weekend? Um, or in the last week, I forget which day it was, but it was, I heard it wasn't his you know, great performance on his part. Then we get subbed out of maybe half or something. I mean, I'm not. No, I mean, he put, oh, crazy actually. Game, but, uh, Oh, did he not make his debut this weekend? I know he played like eight minutes this weekend. No, it wasn't this weekend. I think oh, okay, he made okay. it last weekend. I'm not worried. Yeah, it was just like, it was his first game. Just was meant out. Right. Lost you halfway through that scenario, but it's all good. Um, Yeah, Luna, look, he'll be a fun one to watch, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think. I had somebody else who I was going to bring up. I think a young guy to mention is definitely Slovenia. You know, still still considered a young guy, still balling. Looks like Chelsea. I mean, Fab tweeted it like it was like about to happen, and then they and still haven't seen the. I want to, you know, I don't confirm an official until it's official. Official Fab doesn't do it, and this is the reason why. You know, um, but looking like it's going to be a Chelsea transfer for him. What nine clean sheets this season for him? What is that league record? I believe as well. Um, so, just such a competent goalkeeper. Um, just love watching him play. Love his frame. He's just got a really high ceiling and just, it's nice to just continuously watch and see his progress and stuff. Um, so very high on Selena in the recent performances for Chicago. Can't, can't help but agree. Nick, anybody else you wanted to really toss in here before, uh, I think before maybe we wrap it up, I don't think we're going to have time to get to Euro guys today, but that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll do a full Euro one next time, but Nick, anybody else you want to, uh, we hit them all on my end. Um, 
We got some of the old guys. We got some of the new guys. We got. Forgot to talk about Brian Gutierrez on Chicago. So the fuck was crazy the other day. True. Brian Gutierrez just put some minutes. Um, I was going to potentially bring up Cade Cowell as a guy who maybe has been a little bit disappointing given what we thought was going to happen with him, but but maybe that's just remnants of the U20 tournament lingering in my head still. But yeah, a lot going on, a lot to to look forward to, I think, for, for some of these young guys, a lot to look forward to. For the old guys, we're in the dead zone of, of U.S. soccer right now, it feels like, but I don't know about you boys. I'm, I'm just counting down the days at this rate to the World Cup. Yeah, preseason's coming. The preseason's already started for these guys, and the, the Premier League season's what three weeks away. Bundesliga season's what, two two and a half weeks away, or something like that. Uh, it's gonna come back fast. It's gonna be it's gonna be flying. And there's so many more players in MLS we didn't mention as well. Wow, I totally didn't realize two weeks away for Bundesliga, three weeks from La Liga's coming. La Liga, what is that? Is that three weeks or is that nah, three weeks? Everything okay. is two to three weeks, I think. But no one cares about La Liga, bro. No, we got we got mad heads over there now. I'm just I'm just I'm just crapping on Nick. Aren't we like all like all over the place with uh what's his name Luca like last week like come yeah, bro? On. I'm just saying that because you're going to a La Liga game, so I'm saying like you know we don't. I, care about no, that. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, okay. All right, boys. Well, definitely good to chat with you boys today on Over the Bar. Thank you all so much for joining us here at OTB. Hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the little midseason MLS breakdown show. We are going to be back, be back next week, hopefully talking about some of the Euro guys, maybe breakout seasons to watch and things of that nature. But once again, thank you for joining us. Follow us on over the bar pod, official, over the bar pod underscore official on Twitter. Please give us a like rating on, on all the podcasts. And uh, thank you guys for joining us here at OTB. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Hey, uh...